0: Hey guys, what's up? Welcome back to another episode of Let's Talk Liverpool, and thank goodness we got revenge for that 7-2 defeat earlier in the season. It was touch and go at many times during the game, but fortunately, thanks to a very, very last minute goal from Trent alexander arnold a player that has... Had much criticism and the and the, uh, the spotlight has very much been on him and his performances over the past couple of weeks. Uh, came up with the goods in the end in stoppage time to give us the victory and uh, yeah, take us into the top four. Obviously, uh, before going into the Chelsea game, but what a game! What a game! Going you know going into the game, the players obviously would have remembered that defeat against Aston Villa. It was so it's become such an iconic result this season. Uh, and one that I'm sure well, all Liverpool fans and I'm sure Liverpool players will be happy to see the back of um, and for people to continue to now focus on this result and this positive win as, as our last you know, uh, match against Aston Villa rather than that really poor defeat. Going into the game, there were obviously a couple of changes uh, because of the, the fact that the Real Madrid games are sandwiched um, around this Aston Villa game um, with a very tough game and obviously a, a, an away game as well um, out in Madrid. There were a couple of changes into the team. James Milner came back into the team uh, for Naby Keita, and Roberto Firmino came in for Sadio Mane. Sadio Mane has probably looked like he's needed a bit of a rest. Uh, Diego Jota obviously played again in midweek, and uh, Mo Salah as well. But we just we just don't have enough options off the bench to to rotate more than one of those. And and the way we've been playing, you know, we, we can't really. we don't really have the the trust of of any of the backup players um, to really make an impact. And I think that's... We'll talk about that a little later on in today's episode, but I think that's been a a big problem as well that that hasn't really helped us get out of this this rut that we've been in for so long. But we'll talk about it a little later on. But first half was... Actually, fairly positive from a Liverpool perspective. Um, you know, much has been said about our home form um, and the fact that we've, you know, we'd lost so many, lost so many consecutive games at home. But we started off fairly well. We kept the ball really well. Roberto Firmino was getting in good positions, linking up the play. Um, we were we weren't necessarily forcing too many chances or forcing any great chances, but we were controlling the ball, controlling the possession. Aston Villa. Didn't look like they were really laying a glove on us, um, and but you know we weren't really. We it was it was almost like a sparring session. Let's say the first half or the first half an hour at least, um, with both teams just feeling each other out. Us obviously retaining more of the possession uh, this time round. I actually watched the game without crowd sound, and it really is eerie. When you watch a game without crowd sound, that it's literally deadly silent. When you know a manager isn't barking at his players, or uh, you know the goalkeeper is ushering his defenders out, or, or whatever. And then I completely, I on one hand I get what Jurgen Klopp saying about how our home form has been affected by uh, the lack of no fans. But for me, that's really he's really fishing for excuses there, um, uh, Jurgen Klopp and. Um, Uh, Yeah, but you can definitely tell it makes a big difference to the players, um, but also the intensity and the tempo of the games, I think, also suffer, not only for Liverpool, but for all teams as a result of no fans. But after that kind of sparring session was over, um, neither neither team really laid a proper glove on each other. um, But it was Aston Villa who hadn't really threatened... At all in in the in the in the first parts of the game, who actually went on uh, and got the first goal. It was a uh, Ollie Watkins got himself into a very good position in between Kabak and Phillips, a very intelligent position, um, and was able to take a touch and then fire it in with his left foot. Uh, it, you think Allison possibly could have done better, but it was just it was quite close to him. Um, so when he went to dive down, you, it's, it's very difficult I think to dive straight down. It's almost easier to dive across. Uh, and I think because it was closer to him, that actually made it a little bit difficult. But nevertheless, having said that, I think he probably should have done better um, with that to 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 stop it going in. But that was very much a shock. It was very frustrating. I know watching the game, given the fact that we had actually looked decent in in the first half so far. We'd looked, you know, we looked fairly decent. Um, as I said, without really creating any too many clear card chances, but looked good enough that you know you thought we we deserved the lead or definitely didn't deserve to go behind. Um, but yeah, after, after that, you could tell the players were a little bit deflated, um, as has been, you know, as has been the case many, many times this season. And it it just felt like, oh, here we go. It's one of those games again, where we've dominated the ball, made some good chances, had some good possession, but ultimately when it's needed to count. We haven't taken our chances, and the opposition have have taken theirs. Uh, and I'm sure Aston Villa's main objective once they got that goal was to get into half-time, 1-0 up. Um, but we nearly, well, nearly didn't allow that to happen. A nice cross-field ball by Trent. Um, go out to going out to Diego Jota um, after Matty Cash just kind of failed to control the ball, uh, and it came out uh, on the wing to Jota. who was able to cut the ball back into into Mo Salah, and a nice little bit of play between Salah. Robertson got the ball out to Firmino, and he has to be the luckiest strike. Like Firmino, Firmino is one of those really one of those players where he's got such good technique, but so often. His he misplaces a pass, or he his shooting is off, or his like technique for a pass or a shot is just horrendous. And, and he he put this chance away, but my god, was it lucky? It was very very lucky. Um, but unfortunately, what well, it did go in, um, but unfortunately for us, like has has been the case not only for us but for other teams as well. Um, a I don't even want to say incredibly close, just a um, one of those. VAR decisions that's just very difficult to explain and you know we talk about yes football is a you know a well you know well loved sport and it's watched by many people around the world but if you bring a neutral of the sport to watch that and you go okay explain what's wrong here right even if you explain the offside rule to them it just doesn't make sense if it doesn't make sense to neutrals it doesn't make sense to fans you know, something, something's something got to change, whether it's Arsene Wenger's, you know, daylight rule or whether it's a, a specific thickness of a line or or whatever it is. Or if it's actually just having a camera in line with the action rather than looking at it at an angle. And you can never, like, you can never, if, if we as fans and pundits and everyone and commentators can look at that going, we have no idea, how can someone... Definitively make a decision, and when they're definitively making a decision, they are saying without doubt, they are making a, a decision that has no doubt in it that that player is offside, and I just don't think that is the case, and and that is a problem, right? The technology, technology, the the the, the picture is the picture, whatever, but how can? they all of those kind of factors that feed into it how can they take all of those and still determine that there is they can make a definitive decision and that's what's crazy but that was a real hammer blow and that could have really negatively affected us going into the second half and I'm sure Aston Villa would have been very happy and and that Dean Smith I'm sure would have built on that in his halftime team talk going look guys we we got away with it this time round, but um, we may not get around with may not get away with it next time um but, you know, they were still leading. But we came out in the second half, I think, with a good intensity. Uh, we kept that intensity. We kept that hunger, which um, I think was there today. And I think part of that was was driven by the result earlier in the season. I think had this been against a Burnley or someone like that, um, maybe we wouldn't have continued that intensity. But Andy Robertson was great. Really, really great. Again, I think the fullbacks were both brilliant today. Andy Robertson, again, just tireless energy down the left-hand side, both in midweek and in the Premier League games. Just fantastic play, fantastic delivery. Um, Obviously, he got the assist for the Mo goal, which we'll talk about in a second, but just great play from the fullbacks. Obviously, with Trent getting the goal as well. But we did get that goal in the second half. Um, It was, again, as I said, a great um, run from Andy Robertson from deep. Diego Jota with a first-time ball into Andy Robertson, which I think is... Really huge and really important. Sometimes when Andy Robertson makes that overlapping run, it's either James Milner or Sadio Mane or someone like that on the wing, and there's often a touch or, or a touch inside or or an extra touch which just allows the defenders to get a, get a bit of a run or get in right position against Andy Robertson. But when it's first time and he's flying, like he does so often, he becomes very difficult to stop. And it was a great shot, uh, and Mo Salah doing exactly what he needed to following in and just like being able to nod into an empty net. And after that, Aston Villa, I think, woke up a bit. I think they realised that it was one-all, but they realised actually, like maybe some other teams have against us, playing against us this season, that if they just, you know, played a bit more progressive, played a bit higher up the pitch, got in our faces a little bit, they can make some chances. And we saw that with uh, Trezeguet's chance, which he lifted with the outside of his foot, but fortunately for us, clipped the inside of the post, but came across the goal, uh, and he wasn't able to turn in the header. But I think that gave them a bit of confidence to go, actually, we want to go and win out this win this game. And I think for Liverpool, it was fortunate that that only came when it got to one all, um, and that Aston Villa didn't start the game thinking that because they definitely thought they could have caused us more problems. But as they became a bit more progressive and with our substitutions that we made as well, it just left a little bit of space. Uh, they were pressing a bit higher, which meant that we did give the ball away a couple of times, even when players like Tiago came on. But inevitably that left a bit more space for the likes of Jota, for Mane and for Salah as well. And the breakthrough did come in stoppage time, fortunately for us. um, It was a... Alexander-Arnold kind of Carried on running from the right and was cutting inside, cutting inside, cutting inside, um, and uh, ended up essentially in a kind of the left back position. Uh, the ball made its way back out to Tiago, who who laid it off to Shakiri, who had just come on. The two substitutes linking up, uh, great cross by Shakiri into the box, and Tiago with a fantastic uh, snapshot finish, um, and it was just it was, it was it was a very very good finish. Um, but Emi Martinez did fantastic as a reaction save to just palm it away, uh, and then it came out to Trent at the far post, and there was a ton of bodies between Trent. Uh, and the goal and the goalkeeper. And he was luckily for us able to just bend it around those defenders. It's very easy there for a defender to stick out a thigh and the ball to deflect up and away, uh, or possibly you know even deflecting the net. But it was a clean finish around the defenders right into the corner of the goal, right in front of Gareth Southgate as well. Um, and a fantastic goal from Trent and again he had a tough he had a tough game against Real Madrid in the week but again like he responded against Arsenal he responded again here and um, you know there's been lots of talk about him with England no other right back is scoring that goal for England in that position if we need a goal there's no other right back there's no other defender we have in the England squad that can do anything like that and so I'm really happy for him um, and obviously to do it in front of Gareth Southgate as well I think Gareth Southgate is going to have uh, a lot to explain for if he, if he now doesn't include uh Trent in his in his England squad but just want to talk to the point i mentioned right at the beginning of this episode around the 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 players on the on the bench and how they have just been unable to really make an impact for us this season and help us get out of the hole so the likes of oxlade Chamber, the likes of Simicast, the likes of Origi, the likes of Cato who I, who i know has been injured but and even the likes of Shakiri there just hasn't been enough from those players when they have been given the rare opportunities they have this season to really imprint themselves into the team. Now, all of the positions were really up for grabs based on how bad we've been playing. Um, But those players just, I I don't know, for me this season, and a lot of them had been affected by injury, but just didn't really take their chances. And I think which made our life uh, definitely a lot more difficult um, when we were going through this rough patch because we just didn't have any alternative. We had to keep just ramming the same thing down our opposition's throats. But, guys, let's end off with the shout-out to Klopp. And the shout-out to Klopp today is going to be try the four at top. We used it against Arsenal. It worked well. It got us the win there. But today, Klopp decided to take off Firmino and bring on Mane, which I thought was a slightly puzzling decision, um, given the fact that we needed a goal and we needed to win. Um, So, yeah, the shout-out to Klopp is to use that front four a a bit more often. But that's it for this episode, guys. I hope you enjoyed this one. Make sure to subscribe if you're not already and follow and all of that good stuff. And I'll catch you guys on the next episode.